0: It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards.
1: Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. It is Wednesday, November 6th, 2019. We're glad you joined us today. Today, we are live streaming via YouTube, so check us out on the 1150 KKNW YouTube channel. If you'd like to listen to past episodes, you can find our podcasts anywhere that podcasts are found. And additionally, uh, you can find videos of our broadcasts on the eastsiderealestateteam.com's YouTube channel. All right. If you like what you hear, please do subscribe on the link below. And check it out. Today we have a great show, Brian. We've got Noah Garut. Did I say that right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Noah Garut from Forum Social House (laughs) and Paul Rosenwald, along with Wes Buckwalter of Sea Monster Studios. Before we get to our guests today, though, it's time for some real talk. All right. So today's topic is where are the best places? I was waiting for the music because that just kind of cues me to go. Today's topic is where are the best places to live in Seattle? Folks, uh, maybe moving into the area for the first time, and if you're like me, whenever I'm out there traveling around the company country, people will ask me, which is not often, but every now and then, will ask me where I'm from, and it's hard for me to say I'm from Sammamish because they have absolutely no idea. It. Nobody's heard of Sammamish, right? <laughs> maybe a few people, but I always say I'm from Seattle. Even if I say I'm Bellevue, they don't quite know. So what we wanted to do is folks might be this time of year doing some research considering where in Seattle should we live? What kind of areas in the greater Seattle? So Brian and I are going to break it down and give you some general thoughts of areas of of the Seattle. And we're going to start kind of with a commute time of 40 minutes or less. That's kind of our gauge. Anything outside of that, we'll be doing other podcasts and on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to find more details. So why don't we start from west to east, Brian? Yeah, let's start with downtown. There are many places in downtown Seattle with uh,
2: both homes and condos and townhomes. Seattle Central, downtown Seattle, Belltown, Queen Anne, Capitol Hill, Central Seattle, Magnolia, Madison
1: Park. Yeah, these areas really comprise that very central part of Seattle. And that's the
2: that's the shortest commute, but also it's going to be the highest uh, nice median price. Yeah, yeah. median home price uh, in these areas is six hundred forty-five thousand, eight hundred fifty thousand
1: for condos. And single-family 925 to 1 million most of those uh, neighborhoods are very walkable Um, most have quick access to transit Um, that is Seattle so Lake Union folks that are working in Amazon they're gonna be right down there Um, most of the big high-rises the Columbia Tower that's all in downtown downtown right Um, now north of Lake Union and that's the lake that's kind of in the center really picturesque lake that a lot of pictures of Seattle are taken um, that is going to be Ballard University District, Lake City Way, and Greenwood, and uh, the p- home prices there are right right around seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. North right. of that, um, so north of University District, Northgate, you go Lake City Way, Shoreline, Mountlake Terrace. Um, those are a little bit more neighborhoody areas. Is that a, is that a word? Neighborhoody. Neighborhoody. Sure. Um, why not? And the prices there about six fifty to seven fifty, so not a huge drop but maybe a little more spread out, and your commute time there starts to grow. Obviously, a lot of people, if they're going to commute into Seattle, they're going to take transit, um, or they're going to pay a lot of money for parking downtown. Right,
2: and there's really good public transit, and and, uh, the light rail is extending to
1: those areas. Yeah, as you're heading north, there's a a line going from the University District all the way up to Linwood, which Mm -hmm. is directly north of Seattle.
2: And don't forget, we have a tool that we can use to tell you exactly what commute types are expected to be from... Any place. Yeah, on our so websites, yes. Yep,
1: yep. Um, so now if you go north, I mentioned Linwood. Well there's Linwood basically is when you start to get into Snohomish County. So you've got uh Edmonds, then Linwood, uh Everett, Mil- Mill Creek, some of those areas, and those prices are generally around four hundred to six hundred thousand dollars. Right.
2: I even see some new construction in that upper end of that range, so there's some really nice opportunities. Yeah. So Dan, don't forget West Seattle.
1: West Seattle. Now, at, uh, quick yeah. story on that one is it took me three years before I realized there was actually a place west of Seattle that was part of <laughs> Seattle.
3: That's West Seattle.
2: Yep. So if you go south of Seattle, you have more affordable neighborhoods like Columbia City, Skyway, White Center, Beacon Hill, South Park, and Georgetown. Uh, those prices start for something decent, about 595000 I just uh, sold one there, and something I was really taken by is there's so much redevelopment
1: going on. Gentrification. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that can be good or bad, depending on how you want to look at it. But seeing, you drive down the street and on every block there's a house or two being renovated.
1: Well, from like Columbia City and Rainier, uh, the Rainier Valley is Mm -hmm. the, again, the light rail runs right through that. Right. Um, I helped a client get in there in that area and they hop on the light rail there. Mm -hmm. And um, right now they're building also a light rail that's going all the way out to the Redmond um, Microsoft campus. So essentially you can get through Bellevue eventually. That's not complete, won't be complete for another two years, but that's what they're working on. All right. So that's, uh, that's South. After that, After you get out of the city limits south, you have cities like Burien, Des Moines, uh, Federal Way, and down there is where it starts to get more affordable. Again, as you get further away from the Seattle center area, you're seeing affordability um, go um, up. They're more affordable. Prices are lower. um, But your commute time increases for sure. Right. Um, Let's talk about the east side a little bit. So that's all Seattle. That's all west of Lake Washington. Right. And um, even though we're not considered part of Seattle, we always feel like the east side is part of the greatest Seattle area. So, um, Brian, why is the east side so popular?
2: You know, I think a lot of it has to do with schools and uh, um, there's a lower crime overall. Right. But I think uh, it it is a farther commute if you work in uh, Seattle proper, but it's a quality of life issue. Uh, there's no right or wrong. I yeah. mean, you look at like a lot of the neighborhoods, Green Lake, you know, Ballard, the walkability is better than most east side um, cities, but uh, it's it's uh, what you prefer.
1: Yeah. I mean, Amazon has campuses both in Seattle and in here in Bellevue. So mm-hmm. commute times, people live in Seattle and commute to Bellevue, right? right. People live in Bellevue, commute to Seattle. Right. So, um, you know, it's just a preference. And when I lived in Seattle, I swore I'd never go to the east side. <laughs> and uh, here I am. I've been on the east side 19 years, and I love yes. it. So let's quickly just work through some Runs kind of price cities. points. You're in back. the future, in future podcasts and stuff, we're going to go into deep detail. But if you start on the east side in the north, you've got Bothell, $650,000, $650, Woodenville dollars median home price, $840,000, Kirkland, $775,000, Redmond, $842,000, and then Bellevue at $888,000.
2: And you have Sammamish at 975000 Yeah,
1: we thought that was weird. Why is that so high? That's all the new construction. Right. Most of the new construction starts at about
2: $1.2. Yep. And so that uh, kind of skews it. You can buy a nice um, entry-level home in Sammamish for five fifty.
1: dollars Brian and I have both lived in Sammamish for, well, him for many more years than 25, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, then
2: Issaquah, yep. $659,000. And these are all the median uh, purchase prices, median prices. Uh, Newcastle, $837,000. Renting 495000
1: Yeah, so, so Dan, you, your affordability fair. shows up there. So yep. yeah. Um, finally, Mercer Island, all on its own. It's an island of its own, and uh, currently the median home price there is a million and a half. Now, there's many more details that we can get in our short segment here. We couldn't go into as much detail, but we will have future podcasts as well as future um, videos on our websites that show the details in the neighborhoods. And of course- if, uh, if you're interested, feel free to reach out to Brian and our website at 42 uh, website is the eastside And that concludes our real talk segment. Yeah. So great. We'll be right back. Oh, you have a whole segment. Though. Oh, I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: well, if you're interested in this and other topics we've covered in our real talk segment, check out our blog, eastside slash blog. If you'd like to talk with us directly, Dan, I think you covered this, dude. I know. Yeah. Sorry.
1: So uh, stay
2: tuned after the commercial break to hear more about the market from Michael Burdick, a loan consultant with Loan Depot. We'll see you in a second.
0: Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact. Homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the eastsiderealestateteam.com. A subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue.
4: Forum Social House seems to have it all figured out. The new venue on the 3rd floor of Lincoln Square has a multitude of offerings, ranging from the rapidly growing top golf swing suite and an innovative 18-hole miniature golf course to dancing and vibrant nightlife on the weekends an extensive cocktail list providing modern renditions on traditional favorites and a chef cultivated menu that stacks up against some of the best food programs in the nation. Make Forum Social House a hot new option for locals and business travelers alike. Book your advanced suite now via events at forumsocialhouse.com and be one of the first to experience this immersive entertainment experience for yourself.
5: Monster Studios is a friendly, full-service digital agency offering data-driven strategy, design, and development for your brand. They're a team of designers, developers, marketers, team players, technologists, and strategists. More than any of that, their clients call them partners. Their work runs the gamut, but each project shares a commitment to getting it right. They work with businesses, governments, nonprofits and individuals across the globe. Whether you're a startup or large-scale enterprise, Sea Monster Studios would love to lend their expertise and creativity to your branding and web design projects. You can reach them at seamonsterstudios.com or by giving their business development manager Paul a call at 206-330-6716. That's 206-330- 6716. C Monster Studios. Tell your friends
0: about Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. It's now time for our Mortgage Moment segment. During the segment, we get a quick update on the lending side of the home buying process. Today, we're talking with Michael Burdick, again, with a loan consultant with Loan Depot, who's been serving borrowers at a very high level for the last 10 years. Welcome back to the show, Michael.
6: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, Michael. So today, let's talk about VA
2: loans. What benefits would uh, I have for being a veteran with the home buying process?
6: That is a great question. Uh, First of all, for any veterans out there that are listening, thank you for your service. Um, We've got Veterans Day coming up around the corner. Um, So veterans, you know, the way that our country thanks them is we can offer them a VA home loan. And, you know, it's a just an awesome option for, for veterans because there's underwriting flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. There's down payment flexibility all the way to zero down. Um, and then there's other perks that, that low other low down payment options or, or zero down uh, don't get, like no PMI. Um, Hmm. so it's it's a fantastic value for veterans for sure.
1: So some of the pros might be low to no down payment and also no private mortgage insurance. Are there any cons?
6: Um, well, there's a, a couple and you know, the, the, the way that we kind of determine if it's a good option for someone is, you know, some people do have a large down payment and in that case, uh, there's less fees on a conventional loan. Now, um, if it's, first-time use, uh, there's a funding fee, but it's only about 2%. So that's going to raise payment by about $50, um, you know, depending on the loan amount, uh, where if, you know, you're putting 35 down on FHA or even 5% down on conventional, you know, your PMI is going to be more than that. So there is that funding fee. Um, there's ways to get around it. If you have a disability through VA, then sometimes we can get that, that funding fee waived. And then uh, subsequent use, so if you've used the VA loan before, and you've sold that house. You're gonna, you can use it again. That's one of the, the benefits. You can use it as many times as you want, but that funding fee does go up to about 3.3%. Um, again, if if you put more down, it, it, it gets a little lower, but you know it, it's a tremendous program. It's it's just like I said, a way that our country, you know, gives the perk to to veterans. Um, one other great program that we have, and we touched on it episodes back, where we we do a BA renovation loan, which is awesome because it can go all the way up to hundred percent financing. So it's kinda like a cash out purchase in a way where
1: of the renovation buys a home.
3: Right.
6: Yeah, someone yeah. buys a home for four hundred thousand, they can put thirty five thousand dollars of renovations into it and still not put a down payment down.
2: That's awesome. So wow.
6: It's, yeah. It's, That's great. We were actually Loan Depot was one of the was the first to bring that program to market. Now a couple of other lenders have followed, but
1: and yeah, what, cool what are the loan up. limits in this area for VA loans?
6: So they follow the, the conforming loan limits for the counties um, that's similar to other government loans, conventional loans. Uh, so we can go up to seven twenty six, but you can go even higher on VA, like all the way up to $2 million, but you have to put a down payment down. So there's right. a, a calculator that we determine the eligibility and, and all of that.
1: All right. Well, hey, Michael, thank you for that information, and in honor of Veterans Day, we want to thank all the veterans out there, November 11th, Um, and what better way to celebrate than to buy yourself a new home, right? Absolutely. All right. Thanks for speaking with us today, Michael. It's been super informative. All right. Next up Oops, sorry. Sorry about that. Thanks, Thanks, Michael. Michael. All right. Next up, after the break, will be Noah Garrett from Forum Social House. Noah will be talking to us about Forum Social House, Lincoln Square's newest edition, which brings the Top golf swing suite and innovative miniature golf to downtown Bellevue. Please join us after the break.
0: Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The East Side Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents, from staging to deciding if your property is market-ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093. Or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue.
7: Create time for what matters most by locating your business in Issaquah. The 2005 Northwest Poplar Office Building is designed with that very purpose in mind. Rowley Properties is pleased to announce this new office building is under construction. Located at the gateway to Issaquah just off I-90 exit 15 with I-90 visibility, it is designed to be iconic with its sustainable cross-laminated timber and illuminated glass staircase, promoting a healthy work environment. It's adjacent to Tibbetts Creek Greenway. The setting and design inspires productivity and innovation, a place to let your nature begin. Conveniently located near all the amenities today's workforce desires, like dog daycare, child care, multiple fitness options, meeting rooms, hotels, restaurants, a brewery, recreation, and more. Tenants will have an incredible forested mountain backdrop and access to parks and hiking trails out the back door. It's within walking distance to the Issaquah Transit Center. The approximately 70,000-square-foot, four-story building will be owned and managed by Rowley Properties, Incorporated. Are you ready to select a residential contractor for your remodel project or custom construction? Have you been presented with a contract to review and sign? Well, before you go any further and before you sign anything, contact Douglas Schwed at Access Law NW for an expert contract review and a contractor due diligence investigation. We highly recommend that before you sign any major home improvement, remodel, or custom construction contract that you consult with a qualified real estate contractor attorney mr schwed has developed a proprietary 10-step builder due diligence investigation algorithm which fully and completely documents any contractor's operating and legal compliance history including litigation checks including civil and criminal background bankruptcy filings licensing compliance insurance and bonding compliance and other relevant business details from that investigation a written report is provided highlighting all areas of concern so the client can make a fully informed unemotional business decision before the sign and before performance problems and disputes arise go to accesslawnw.com to contact us or to get more information that's accesslawnw.com alternative talk 1150 the talk of the sound
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our first guest today is Noah Garut from Forum Social House. uh, Noah is a partner of Forum Social House and has resided in the Seattle area since 2006. He was a hospitality and entertainment operator for 12 years and was born in Kona, Hawaii. Welcome to the show, Noah. Thank you for having me. All right. So now that we're here, we're kind of talking about this. Tell us when you're not... uh, now. For the listeners, a forum social house, it's a
3: entertainment venue. Okay. So top to bottom, we're full blown entertainment venue. Uh we have, you know, like we said, miniature golf, top golf, a little bit of everything.
1: Okay. So tell me about your hobbies when you're not doing that.
3: Uh so I'm an entrepreneur. I don't really have hobbies. Um but I have, <laughs> when I do get around to it, I would say uh I like video games. I'm 34 and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh I'll still play video games, but Run also on. uh basketball. I, I grew up loving basketball. I stopped growing uh, in about 8th grade, so I wasn't able to do it professionally, but when I get a chance, I, I still You play try. big. Yeah, you I do play big. I do play big. Okay, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> um hey, I'm 46 and I'm still playing Call of Duty, so okay. I, I like me too. New one's great. New one is great. Oh, that's yeah. good. I'm not that good at it, but whatever, you know. You'll get there. You got to blow off some steam. <laughs> hmm.
2: So no, we like to ask each guest to share with us a fond memory of the home you grew up in.
3: Right. Well, that's tough because I was poor and I had a small house. But, uh <laughs> that doesn't mean you uh, can't have more memories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would say with that, in, in that uh, regard, I think uh, my mom was still a great cook. And I think having such a small house, you know, the way that the food kind of resonated and, and that smell uh, within the house, uh, I, I think that was one of the, the fondest memories outside of uh, being a growing boy with absolutely no privacy in a small home. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, all right. Um, so, we kind of covered social what
1: Forum Social House is, but for the listeners out there in, in Lincoln Square, it used to be the parlor. Yeah, this is a big space, and at that time, they were doing comedy shows and then pool tables. How has, how has the vision of Forum Social House changed that space?
3: Uh, so it was tough. Uh, coming in, it was very tough. 20,000 square feet, hard to fill, yeah. So, um, we knew we had to break it up. Uh, we it started with obviously the top golf swing suite and we were able to uh, develop and cultivate a partnership with top golf and that brand equity is invaluable Their mm. trajectory is you know onward and upward. Um, so having them fill up where the comedy used to be uh, was one of the biggest dominoes to fall and then from there we all kind of have a background in entertainment. Uh, so Rockwell Sound Lounge was the third tent pole, and that mm. is, uh, weekends, it's dancing, it's DJs and mm. it's a fun environment. And what we learned with nightlife is people come for the nightlife, but it it, it pads your base everywhere. They they go and they they play mini golf. They, they do the other offerings and it's not just there to dance, but that nightlife is what gets them in there. And then of course, the miniature golf, which is something that we internally built. Uh, it was a lot of late night conversations of, man, wouldn't it be crazy to have uh, a mini golf hole with like a UFO on it and like cows <laughs> as bogeys. And so yeah, it, it kind of just developed from there, and it was like a dream come true, really seeing it go from uh, a laptop to reality. Wow, wow!
2: So, are there other Forum Social Houses, uh, or is this the first of its kind?
3: Uh, first of its kind. So, there's obviously tons of Top Golf, uh, Swing Suites, and their indoor outdoor iterations, but uh, this is the first one, a uh, Forum Social House. So, uh, it is our brand. It's myself and two other partners, um, and we all kind of uh, just bet on ourselves and you know, racked up debt and, and put the money in and, and bet on our dreams. So nice. it's scary, but we're excited to do it. That's awesome. Um,
1: will this be kid-friendly?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we will be kid-friendly. Uh, miniature golf obviously lends itself to to children's, young adult uh, uh, entertainment, but also the swing suite. So a lot of people don't know, it's not just for the golf purists. The swing suite uh, has things uh, as far as their virtual gaming like zombie dodgeball where he throws zo- uh, dodgeballs at zombies. And then fast pitch, where you're pitching into the uh, virtual screen. Oh, um, cool. Things like that, where you don't necessarily have to love golf or be a professional. Uh, it sounds like mm. a lot of torn rotator cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm sore today. Oh. So
2: how is Tall top- Top Golf Swing Suite different from the outdoor Top Golf.
3: So the outdoor ranges, um, if people haven't experienced it, it's making kind of a it's a fun driving range, and they associate points and make it fun for every level. The indoor iteration is essentially that whole immersive experience, but it's on a projector screen. And the beauty of it is, uh, you. You, like I said, you don't really just have to play that driving range game. You can play up to 80 virtual courses. So you can play Augusta. Oh, wow. You can play real courses. Um, but then you can play non-golf games. So you can play quarterback challenge, which is you throw a touchdown pass to actual receivers, and they celebrate in front of a immersive stadium of 20,000 people. So you can kind of get the feeling of what it's like to throw a touchdown pass in a stadium. Um, hmm. That's just. Can you deflate
1: the balls a little bit? Uh, no, we Sorry. don't try. We're not patriots. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. I've never, no, I've never heard of a top golf swing suite. I've heard of people mention it before, but what oh. you're describing, this sounds like the holodeck in Star Trek.
3: Uh, yeah, a uh, little bit. That's and, and nice analogy. With like us that. not being open, being able to just have that at my disposal, sometimes I'll take a lunch. And I'll we're going to grab. <laughs> oh, we're going nice. to grab lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Right? yeah, there you go. Please do. Yeah, you're um, walking
1: distance from our office. Let's yeah, go. Yeah,
3: there you go. We're ready. That's awesome. So, yeah.
1: speaking of lunch, what kind of food are you guys offering?
3: Uh, so, we're avoiding freezer to fryer. Our chef, Jake Brenchley shout out Jake, uh, he's nice. an incredible chef. He comes from uh, Sunkadia, and he worked with Disney as well. Uh, we're avoiding freezer to fryer, and his dream is to get a James Beard Award as an entertainment venue. And uh-huh. after tasting some of his dishes, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of reality. And uh, so, our food is going to be approachable. It's not going to be fine dining. Uh, We'll have fork and knife dishes, and then we'll have shareable plates. But um, a lot of those fork and knife dishes are not going to be what you will come to expect in an entertainment venue. It's going to be elevated to you know the tenth degree. So it's not pub grub. It's a step above. Elevated, absolutely,
2: yeah. All sweet. So tell me a little more about the miniature golf experience.
3: Uh, so the mini golf, like I said, we, we were able to de- develop that uh, between ourselves. Um, I, uh, there's no windmills. There's no clowns. <laughs> no clowns, no clowns, AstroTurf. Go, that's uh, good. Uh, your no grandma good. might re- not recognize it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, one of the holes, for instance, I, I think paints a great picture. It's called Unicorn Polo. So we mm-hmm. got a carousel horse. Uh, it's at the beginning of the hole. Uh, it's powder-coated white. It has a unicorn horn. And you sit on it, and you putt with one hand down a rainbow waterfall. <laughs> um, like you're Can't playing. Can't wait to bring my granddaughter. Yeah, like you're yeah. playing uh, polo on a unicorn, and oh, I just awesome. want to make sure everyone knows that no unicorns were harmed in the making. That's of good. Yeah, um, it was all uh, very wait. So it's the, the the unicorn is moving. Uh, no, it stays put.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, we we yeah. have insurance too. So yeah. Liability exposure. Like I don't understand. <laughs> that sounds that's just great. surreal. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so. Um,
3: we've talked about the food. We've talked about the golf, the top golf. Um, what kind of drinks? Uh, alcoholic ones and non-alcoholic <laughs> ones. Um, but I, I think to get more specific, we we wanted it to be fun. We're we're in the business of selling fun and entertainment. Um, so we'll have everything from your traditional favorites. You, we'll have Cosmos. We'll have um, martinis, but uh, we'll also have things like froze and we'll have uh, hmm. you know adult slushies. <laughs> What's a froze? Um, oh yeah, uh, frozen rose. It's, yep. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll have adult slushies and a lot of cool different things um, for our alcohol pro, or not our drink program. And then of course we'll have um, the heavy hitters for kids as well. And you so
2: know. were these drinks developed while you were working on your mini golf concert? <laughs> yeah, yeah. go hand in hand.
1: <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's have a froze and uh, hop on the unicorn. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good time.
2: So well, why should a company book with Forum Social House for their holiday party or team-building event versus other venues?
3: I think it's a no-brainer. I think that we, what we have to offer, I, I think gone are the days of here's a private room and here's some food and, and a server to take your order. I think nowadays uh, companies expect a little bit more, and, and they're team-building uh, around uh, – Team activities and more things that they can do to build morale and build chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so I think the mini golf lends itself to that. I think the Top Golf Swing Suite lends itself to that. So the options that people have um, are huge here. And, and the fact that we can do everything from a corporate buyout for 600 employees to a 10 person kids party uh, really gives wow. us that latitude to a lot kind of flexibility. Of pick our poison. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. When um, I was in um,
1: Austin, Texas, in in August, Uh, Keller Williams goes out there, and there's this place called Rainy Rainy Street, Hmm. which kind of has some newer, hipper bars. There's also Sixth Street in in, um, Austin, if you're familiar. But some of these bars, it's something to do besides the traditional dartboard or pool table um, that kind of is that straw that stirs the drink. So businesses that are looking to, like you said, create that synergy, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a— it, it may be awkward mm. to get the CEO up on the you know unicorn but sure. hey at the same time when somebody's willing to just relax and unwind team you, get, you build yeah, yeah you build that synergy so yep. that's awesome. Um, so what is the culture you've developed for the team members at and by team members we're talking about the folks that are bringing out the food and drinks and yeah stuff like all that? of
3: our staff we, we so we we there's no ivory towers we all know we, we brought people and the first and foremost we brought in people that cared. And I think that's the biggest missing component in certain hospitality operations is, you know, they, they've lost some of the people who care or they're kind of burnt out. So we brought people who cared and all of the people who are in positions of management or even us as owners, we are approachable. We don't have egos. And we uh, understand that, you know, we need to uh, be busing tables as well. We need to um, do everything that the rest of our staff does um, and do it to that same level. Um, and with that being said, we all know that you know, we don't have egos, and we're all still learning. So we don't have it all figured out because I don't think anyone does you know, are, in this day and age. Are
1: you guys still looking for team members?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. you want to come apply? There you go. Gotcha. <laughs> no, we're not. So I t- know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know lots of somebody, so that's <laughs> yeah, good. please.
1: So tell us about
2: uh, your location in Bellevue again.
3: Uh, so in Bellevue, we're on the third floor of Lincoln Square, north, not south. Um, and it's right across from the movie theater, and that property is like just rocket fuel. There's so many people coming in and out. The hotels are usually at, what, 80% capacity. Right. Um, so it's just a a destination and an entertainment hub. Um, so we're right there on the third floor, and uh, it's just great. It's Everything's covered. The parking is typically free on the weekends, um, so it can't really be a better destination for us. Yeah, I think it
1: was down uh, downtown Saturday night. Um, I think it was maybe two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was probably maybe eight, eight o'clock at night. And that place was just packed. Yeah. That whole uh, people full of people in the restaurant, all that stuff. So um, it's, it's a great location and it's very central and it's growing. So how do our listeners get in touch with you and, and find out about
3: booking or a job? You know, what's the best way? Sure. That's uh, forumsocialhouse.com would probably be the best way. F-O-R-U-M socialhouse.com. And then they can also follow um, our Instagram and our Facebook also under Forum Social house. Well, Brian, I don't know what you think, but this is a pretty unique venue, right? Yeah, no
1: kidding. I'm looking forward to uh, going there. Yeah. I think um, whenever our holiday party is for Keller Williams Bellevue, we'll be there. Nice. And I'm going to go for a ride on that unicorn.
7: <laughs>
1: Please do. All right, Noah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any special offers or anything like that for any our listeners on the show today?
3: Uh, what I can't say is if anyone follows either of those social media handles, uh, we are debuting uh, a contest here very soon that will... Uh, be giving away uh, some swag and certain prizes for uh, your listeners or anyone else who wants to follow us on social media. Yes. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Okay. All right. Well, after the break, we're going to have Wes Buckner with Seamonster Studios, who will be answering the question, who needs a full service digital agency, aka what has my brand done for me lately? Come back and join us right after this break.
0: Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the eastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue.
4: Forum Social House seems to have it all figured out. The new venue on the 3rd floor of Lincoln Square has a multitude of offerings, ranging from the rapidly growing top golf swing suite and an innovative 18-hole miniature golf course to dancing and vibrant nightlife on the weekends an extensive cocktail list providing modern renditions on traditional favorites and a chef cultivated menu that stacks up against some of the best food programs in the nation. Make Forum Social House a hot new option for locals and business travelers alike. Book your advanced suite now via events at forumsocialhouse.com and be one of the first to experience this immersive entertainment experience for yourself.
5: Monster Studios is a friendly, full-service digital agency offering data-driven strategy, design, and development for your brand. They're a team of designers, developers, marketers, team players, technologists, and strategists. More than any of that, their clients call them partners. Their work runs the gamut, but each project shares a commitment to getting it right. They work with businesses governments, nonprofits, and individuals across the globe. Whether you're a startup or large-scale enterprise, Cmonster Studios would love to lend their expertise and creativity to your branding and web design projects. You can reach them at seamonsterstudios.com or by giving their business development manager, Paul, a call at 206-330-6716. That's 206 330 6716 Sea Monster Studios.
0: Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150.
2: Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Wes Buckwalter with Sea Monster Studios, a full service digital agency located in the Puget Sound. Sea Monster Studios has been building brands, websites, Graphics and curating digital presences for businesses, individuals, governments, and nonprofits for the last 14 years. It is made up of a small team of talented, hyper intelligent, and nimble creators who work hard to bring brands to life and ensure a lucrative future and valuable lifespan to organizations in industries of all kinds. Wes is the founder and CEO of Sea Monster Studios. Uh, and uh, let's welcome uh, Wes to the show. Welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So tell me what you're doing when you're not uh, out there doing the creative stuff.
8: Well, I'm a dad, so mostly doing that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, spend a lot of time driving kids to soccer games or uh, karate oh, yeah. or, you know, all the things that goes into taking uh, How old are taking they? Care of them. Five and eight. Five and eight. eight. And eight. Yep. In the thick of it. Uh, thick oh, of it. yeah. Feeling the burn these <laughs> days for sure.
1: It was so funny. I was just talking to a friend of mine who was at the Husky game with me, and we were like, wow, isn't this cool? We don't have to drive our kids everywhere because <laughs> our kids are now like 16 and up. Oh, yeah. And Soon sooner enough, you can look forward to them with, driving yeah, you yeah, everywhere, yeah, right? yeah, well, at some point. A chauffeur It's <laughs> that, not too totally. hair-raising. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, so your hobbies are taking care of your kids. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the home you grew up in.
8: Uh, well, I grew up in Northern California. Okay. So like everybody from Northern California, moved to Seattle. <laughs> Where um, in
2: Northern California?
8: A town called Auburn. I uh, know Auburn. Yeah, a pretty pretty small little town that's grown up into a much bigger suburb of Sacramento these days. But yep. uh, really hot, so glad to be up here when mm. it's summertime, and mm-hmm. uh, glad to go down there and visit every now and then when it gets a little cold here in the winter.
1: Awesome. Hmm.
8: So, uh, what exactly is a full service digital agency? Well, full service being the key component. Uh, so, if you're a business of any kind, uh, basically we. Service your brand, your presence on the web or in print, or uh, basically anything that you would need to relate yourself to your audience or your customers in any way uh, we can handle. And so oftentimes that's building websites that could be designing a brand, which entails everything from building a logo to how you look and relate yourself to your audience. Um, pretty much we can handle everything from soup to nuts and strategy, uh, the look and feel of everything that you've got that's a component of your brand, uh, and then the ongoing strategy and maintenance of
1: that brand as well. It sounds like it could cover a lot of different spots. Uh, it does, okay. yeah. So how, what got you started in doing that?
8: Uh, I worked in the coffee industry, uh, and specifically as a director of marketing in, in the coffee industry, and sort of grew up a little bit into a job that I felt like I had reached the top of. I was mm-hmm. young enough at the time to sort of figure out, uh, I've got a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit, and think I've got a good idea, so give it a shot. I'm young enough I can fall on my face and get back <laughs> into the game in a cubicle <laughs> somewhere if I do. And then uh, turns out we're still here and uh, still going strong. Awesome. Awesome.
2: So what is an agile design and development process?
8: So it's not our terminology, but a process that we've adopted that we think helps brands along the way. And so if you think about any company as they grow up, they they start as a startup. They may have a good idea, maybe a great product, or maybe a not so good idea and a not so great product, but no matter what, they need an audience to sell it to or a customer to engage with. And so um, a lot of times as you grow up as a brand, you need to evolve as a brand as well. And so when we're talking about Maybe building a website or building a logo and a persona as a brand, um, oftentimes you have to constantly adjust that to make the needs of your audience uh, you know, more more important to them or meet the needs of that audience in a different way. And so, um, agile, I guess being the key word in this case, moving with agility, you um, essentially build, measure, iterate, rebuild, remeasure, iterate again. And so how do you um, how do you measure? Uh, well in in the internet world, uh, we've got all kinds of data available to us and mm. so whether that's some form of analytics or that's uh, patterns of user behavior, uh, human psychology, simply staring at somebody and reading their face, <laughs> um, asking questions, making sure that uh, we understand our audience or our customers, or your audience or your customers um, could be as simple as taking a survey um, And as we measure that, that process, we can make assumptions that I think adjust the brand or adjust your messaging to fit the needs of that audience and help you kind of conform to be more important
1: in their lives. So, Wes, mm-hmm. if you can walk me through the, the life of a, of a client or a potential <clears throat> client. Now, Absolutely. What, what does your process look like when somebody comes to you and says, w- we have brand identity crisis? What, well, how do you guys handle that? It all starts
8: that? with a conversation. Uh, what are the pain points? What are the things that you intend to be doing? And what aren't you doing at the moment? Uh, And that could be anything from your behaviors as a business. Uh, We're not reaching the needs of our customers because we haven't listened to them. Um, Our customers think that we're someone else that we really aren't. Uh, People have a perception of us that we don't want people to perceive. Um, And it could be something like business is going really well. We just want it to go better. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in that case, a lot of times it starts with a, well, what do you know? And what can we say that is true? And then what are the assumptions we can make that we think are as valid as, as they can be? Uh, And from there, we sort of devise a plan, build out a pathway to execute that plan, um, measure our assumptions with things like usability testing or user surveys, uh, things that may engage with your audience before we actually go down the road of spending a whole pile of money on making you different or making you better to make sure that our assumptions are testable and provable. Hmm.
2: So, of course, the bottom line of the business is going to be a telltale sign as well, I'm sure. It is.
8: Yeah, and I think... There's nothing that says that a business that's suffering from a financial perspective is necessarily in bad shape. Uh, it could very well be that they've swung and missed a few times, uh,
1: and this is the time to hit the home run. Hmm. Um, so what about um, not-for-profits or nonprofits? profits um, Do they need branding? Does it matter? Absolutely.
8: Uh, so we work with a lot of nonprofits. I think charity in every way is something that's important to us as a business, you know, making the world a better place, especially as Internet nerds and, and branding nerds. People kind of ask, well, what are you doing for the world to make things better? And so looking at nonprofits and helping them succeed, branding is just as important. You know, if you think about the way any nonprofit relates to their audience, their end goal is essentially to gain donors and gain patrons and, uh, you know, essentially increase their their reach out to the world, uh, whether they're a local nonprofit or a national one. They want more people to bring effort into their their organization or bring money into their organization. And so looking good, sounding right, making sure that your messaging is accurate, all of those components are successful elements of a, of a good nonprofit. I would uh, think communicating the, the vision, the mission is probably critical. Absolutely. For the, for... And so I think most nonprofits actually come to the table with a pretty solid mission statement. Uh, and so a lot of times it's about honing that mission statement to evolve over the times. So you think about a nonprofit that's maybe been in business for 50 years uh, the audience has changed. People are getting younger. Their lives are becoming more and more digital. Uh, there may be different facets of relating to that audience than than what was successful 20 years ago. Mm. And so making sure that you're always measuring and evolving with those times is essential for a nonprofit, but just as much for a for-profit business. So what, Oh,
1: go ahead. Please. Yeah, Your go turn. ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, what are some of the biggest challenges that a uh, small business would face when it comes to their branding? Well, a lot of
8: times it's underspending or underestimating the need for it. Uh, A lot of small businesses sort of um, maybe buy a logo online from just a a logo salesman and think that's their brand. And really, your brand has very little to do with your logo. It's an important element for people seeing you out on the street, Mm -hmm. putting on a business card, making sure that your signage is great. But at the end of the day, your brand is who you are, your personality and how it relates to your audience. And so making sure more than anything, you've humanized yourself, you've found an audience that you can relate to and that feels like the type of people that you want to work with or the type of customers who you want to spend money with you uh, or whatever the facets of your business may be. Um, Targeting and finding the people who find you important is is the thing that I think people tend to discount the most with their brand. A lot of it's just, how do I look? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really only one component of branding. Interesting.
2: So I'm, I'm reading a lot these days about big data and, and uh, how it relates to consumers, especially consumer privacy. Do you guys look at uh, big data? Do you crunch that at all? We or? love
8: data. data. We are data nerds. And so any chance we can use data to help drive decisions for us, uh, the better off we're going to be. We can make educated decisions. We can use it to manipulate users' behavior in a positive way. And it doesn't always have to be creepy. You know, there's nothing <laughs> right. that says, right. I need to know who you are and what you're doing in order to understand your behavior. That's the part that bugs the consumers, is the the loss of privacy. Absolutely. So here's
2: how do you balance the use of
8: the data with protecting privacy? Well, hopefully it's about having good ethics. You know, at the end of the day, it's up to every company to be responsible with the way that they use data. Right. And hopefully you have good people making good choices to use that data responsibly. At the end of the day, it's also up to the largest tech companies who invent these machines that that process big data to do the right thing for us as well.
1: So, and and Wes, I think one of the important things for the listener to know about data and your information is, you know, the terms of service that you agree to, you're really giving up the, I wouldn't say anonymity, just the data, right? You're submitting the data and you should read them, (laughs) read the TOSs so that you understand where things are going. But uh, from a marketing standpoint, because I geek out on this a lot for real estate when we're trying to um, identify segments, market segments, whether it be first time home buyers, move up buyers, um, and, and, um, or de- folks that are downsizing, is you want to think about um, from an outside point of view, right? And that's one of the things of having a, cons- a consultant like SeaMonster Studios that has experience looking at an outside view that they're analyzing it not from a inside view, right? I know what I know about real estate, and I can talk about real estate all day. But a consumer's behavior, and that's where the data comes from, right? It is. is it's just well, behavior. It's not I like think- I know where Brian is at all times. I don't know what he's doing
8: one of the biggest advantages we can bring to you as a branding agency as well is our own ignorance to who you are. Right. You know, Mm. we're able to step outside of your shoes, which may already have preconceived notions, and sort of estimate you as maybe one of your audience members would.
2: Fresh set of eyes.
8: Absolutely. And sort of with our experience and our ability maybe to interpret data in a different way than you can or a skill set that's a little bit different than yours, uh, maybe we can use a little bit of that outside point of view, a little bit of data knowledge, uh, and a little bit of creativity to sort of put all that together into a nice holistic uh, sort of viewpoint on maybe how we should help you relate yourself to your audience.
1: And, s- and so, I would say the consumers out there, are they're interacting with the brand on several platforms. Our team alone has a website. We have social media. We have Facebook, You know, Instagram, all of these things. So, um, you, re- I mean, to keep track of what does Instagram do, how do I make sure my brand shows up to the right people there, Facebook, there, YouTube, on the World Wide Web, Should I pay for search engine optimization? Should I pay for that? What does my website look like? Is it attracting things? I mean, those are all things that if you're just trying to do your business, you you don't want to become an expert in that. It's gotten pretty convoluted. Well, and I think it also comes down to like any great partnership,
8: you need to find somebody who you can trust, Mm. an agency who you believe in, who you think knows what they're doing and who you think that when you spend money with them, they're going to deliver on the promises that they make all the time. Um, and it's something that's not a one-and-done relationship. It's something you should be looking for a partnership in, somebody who can learn about your industry, practice business with you, and help you sort of fill in the gaps that you don't necessarily need to fill in yourself. Like you said, you're trying to run your business, not run your website. Yeah. And so uh, that, that's typically what I would suggest you should look for in a digital partner of all kinds.
2: Great. So in the limited time we have left, can you tell us a success story in uh, a nutshell?
8: Uh, absolutely. So, um, in, in the nonprofit world, we actually worked with a, uh, black history website that actually showed up just slightly before black history month last year and said, we're really in big trouble. We've got a new website that we've been trying to launch for quite a while. Um, things with our previous agency did not work out and we have promises to make or promises to keep and a website to get live and just a couple of months to do it in. Um, and so my team sort of, uh, got to business, built built the website, helped them uh, sort of refine a little bit of the brand and launched it uh, right on the beginning of Black History Month, actually. Um, and at this point, it's the largest nice. Black History website on the planet. That's wow. great. Um, and so it's, it's a pretty good accolade for us, but also from that particular co- organization, uh, who's called Black Past Perspective, um, they bought all into the process. Uh, they did all the right things that a business should do, or that an organization should do when it comes to believing in sort of understanding your users and appealing to their needs. And um, I think the success is as much theirs as it was anything to do with us. That's awesome.
2: How do our listeners get a hold of you?
8: Uh, You can find us at cmonsterstudios.com. You can also reach out to our business development manager, who's kind of hiding in the background here. His name is Paul. He's super (laughs) friendly. You can get him at paul at cmonsterstudios.com, or you can reach him at 206-330-6716.
1: So I understand that uh, anybody that mentions uh, you guys on the show today, you have a promotion to uh, uh, the, if you explore your project with sea monster studios today, they'll gladly take 10% off the entire proposal for mentioning the show. Absolutely. Thanks. That's awesome. Thanks for giving our listeners that our pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Remember
2: that this and other segments of our show are available to watch at our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at the East side real estate team. If you're interested in learning more from these or future guests, Join us after the break for some final thoughts and something to do for the holiday.
0: Mm. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market-ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 425- or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue.
5: Monster Studios is a friendly, full-service digital agency offering data-driven strategy, design, and development for your brand. They're a team of designers, developers, marketers, team players, technologists, and strategists. More than any of that, their clients call them partners. Their work runs the gamut, but each project shares a commitment to getting it right. They work with businesses, governments, nonprofits, and individuals across the globe. Whether you're a startup or large-scale enterprise, CMonster Studios would love to lend their expertise and creativity to your branding and web design projects. You can reach them at cmonsterstudios.com. Or by giving their business development manager, Paul, a call at 206-330-6716. That's 206-330-6716. See Monster Studios.
4: Forum Social House seems to have it all figured out. The new venue on the third floor of Lincoln Square has a multitude of offerings, ranging from the rapidly growing Top Golf Swing Suite and an innovative 18 hole miniature golf course to dancing and vibrant nightlife on the weekends an extensive cocktail list providing modern renditions on traditional favorites and a chef cultivated menu that stacks up against some of the best food programs in the nation. Make Forum Social House a hot new option for locals and business travelers alike. Book your advanced suite now via events at forumsocialhouse.com and be one of the first to experience this immersive entertainment experience for yourself.
0: Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk on 1150 KKNW. And let's get right into our final thought of the day. Brian, what do you have for us? Well, you know,
2: Dan, (laughs) I was in a technology meeting this morning that was really fascinating. All the new tech coming out in the real estate industry. But where my mind went is the relevance. How does that, Mm. you know, you can have all the technology, all the tools in the world, but if you don't know what to do with the information, where do you go from there? How does it make it better for the consumer? Right, exactly. So I think it comes back to talking about Dan and I as the boots on the ground, the real estate Sherpas, and part of what we do is work with our clients to interpret the data. How is it relevant? What does it mean? You know, and so it it combines all of the the data. For example, I mean, I'll talk about something that comes up all the time. Uh, what in the industry is called a zestimate? We call it a, a uh, zestimate because it's not as appraisal. You know, it's it's the view from thirty thousand feet. So how do you interpret that data? And and actually, you can actually drill down on the website and see you know what the plus or minus percentage of accuracy is. Mm-hmm. And it's not all that accurate. Twenty percent, um, <laughs> eight in a really good um, um, homogenous market.
1: Well, and that's just it. I, technology is just as good of a tool as the person using the tool. Right? You can right. have myself pick up a hammer, and I can pretty much frame a house. But if you ask me to do any finished carpentry, forget about it. Right. You know? The
2: the tool is only as good as the workman's hands that it's in. Yeah. And that's
1: part of what we do is we take
2: the tools and we help, you know, uh, represent our clients in a way that gives them the best resources for making the right real estate choices.
1: Yeah, and we're getting closer with the technology that Keller Williams is developing for consumers out there. Uh, We're getting closer to have what we call a consumer-to-close process, one of the first ones of its kind, where once you start working with an agent, um, they're able to communicate with you the process. Because one of the biggest problems that folks, you know, get frustrated with is what's going on with my transaction, and um, and it's really easy to communicate. But sometimes there's not clear channels, and and technology is just that tool that can kind of clear up those channels. Right. So, Dan, what's happening this week? All right, this is uh, in my my wheelhouse. Is uh, this uh, weekend is the South Sound Winter Beer Festival. So. If you like winter and you like beer, uh, hurry yourself down. It's uh, from November 9th from noon until 6 p.m. at the Mattress Firm Showplex at the Washington State Fair Center in Puyallup. So they're bringing out uh, first taste of winter beers, which are kind of my favorite. I kind of like winter beers. They're you just, do? I just, hmm. I don't know, they make you feel warm and cozy all you know, and everything. So um, so stuff like Imperial Stouts Roasty Porter Strong, Scottish Ales, Barrel Age Surprises. That sounds cool. Mm. And Piney IPAs. Not my favorite. Don't like no. Piney IPAs. I'm sorry, Piney APA fans. But uh, this fa- festival is happening this Saturday, November 9th. Uh, carpool or Uber it down, right? Because if you have a few right. soda pops, you want to be safe. Uh, for more information, you can uh, search the event South Sound Winter Beer Festival. It says Southwound Winter Beer Festival, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's South Sound. It's just a typo, folks. Yeah, I'm a pro. I can do it. Uh, but search that on eventbrite.com.
2: Sounds good. So that concludes our show for the week. I want to especially thank our guests, Noah and Wes. And Paul, thanks for being here. Uh, we appreciate you <laughs> speaking with us. It was a great show. Thank you all for listening. And before we go, I wanted to share my quote for the week, which is, the one thing about ethics is you don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good quote. You got it or you don't. Thanks for listening.